Welcome to episode 141 of the Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin and Brian. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of the Endless Stream of content brought to you through Hulu, Disney+, Spotify, YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we got all three lads back on the podcast, and we are talking... Streaming services, we are talking uh, old movies on Prime. We're talking just the way Prime's catalogue is a big steaming pile of chaos. And we do talk about some of the older movies on there. We talk about Poor Things. We talk about The Boy and the Heron. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to Spotify, heading over to iTunes, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing. All of these good things really help us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram, at The Endless Cast, where we put up art and clips to go with each episode, and that's a great place to send us a message. Our DMs are open. Disagree with us? Suggest something else for us to watch? Tell us you enjoy the podcast. Spread the word of The Endless Stream. We really appreciate it. Or you can send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Well, gentlemen, we return to The Endless Stream. Because the end of the stream is, of course, endless. Brian, I think we're wearing the same. I mean, we never leave we're it. Wearing the same it's endless top, long sleeve. Really? I think we might be. Uh, Yours looks thicker. Yours looks more substantial. Okay, that's just oh. his but his maybe. form, yeah. Brian. That's his form. That's my form. That's giving you that impression. He's a, he's a thick boy. He's a thick yeah. boy. Bavian spent a, a, an extended period of time the day before yesterday telling me how small I seemed compared to how I used to be. That's just um, that's I used to be a broader individual. Um, she went and got Facebook and got a whole bunch of photos and go, look, there was more of you. You were you were. I don't I don't know I don't think that's accurate. No, it's probably more of a self esteem thing and how you're just carrying yourself now compared to how you used to carry yourself. When I just you feel lesser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, that's a tough one to sort of like, I, I think I've definitely lost some body fat, but I'm stronger than I've ever been based on the gym work mm-hmm. that I've been doing. I, 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 it's an odd one to, to, to marry as a, as a concept. And also I did then say to her, like, you know, when you talk to somebody that goes to the gym about six days a week, that like, they've probably got a degree of body dysmorphia in, anyway. And mm-hmm. telling a gym bro, mm-hmm. he looks small for an extended period of time. Isn't uh, devastating. Isn't good, right? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't listen to anybody. And you know what you're doing and you look fantastic regardless. I've seen you shirtless and in suspenders. Yes. And you're huge. So. Yes. Yeah. Fuck that. You're right, Brian. Yeah. And that was like, what? Like less than four weeks ago. I was like, yeah. Literally less than four weeks ago. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yet. Okay. <laughs> um. So that that's where my head's He's spiraling at. right I'm now. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I've got a protein shake here and, and several chicken breasts to see me through the morning. It's um, Rogaine. Rogaine. Is my hair going too? I just thought I'd make it worse for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the Don't worry. I've ordered ashwagandha. Tren. Rogaine, oh, Cialis. Yeah, I've ordered all of the the masculine aids. Oh my god! Um, speaking of masculine aids, how are you, Brian? Twenty four. I don't. I don't understand that. <laughs> thing. Uh, your very presence makes us feel more masculine. Yes, you bring a you bring a very uh, inspiring aid energy. To masculinity. Mm. I don't know about that. Mm. Brian has a very um, uh, considered approach to masculinity as well. Like he's not. I hope this comes across as a compliment. You are you are a confident, like s- strong masculine figure without being broy and a dick about it. Does that make? Do you know what I mean? Like you have con- makes, 
that makes sense. Thank you. Okay, you have you have considered, and I see you respond and bristle to things that are broy fucking shittiness. Oh um, yes, Brian's so, the big the the big brother I never had. <laughs> we won't dig too far into. <laughs> Love you, bro. Oh, oh, I like you. That's a, that's such a typical Big Brother response, isn't it? <laughs> I love him so much. He's all right, I guess. Uh, let's see. What have I done this week? I'm just trying to give you, like, life updates. Um, I have been applying to jobs like a motherfucker. I have updated my website to include uh, my animation work, my storyboarding work, my background work, my comic book work, my, uh, my user experience and research project work. Uh, I, I have put all of the things I've done slowly onto this site. Now, I am starting to go, this site does not sell me as doing a thing. This sells me as scattered and doing mm-hmm. too many things. Um, so I need to, I think, maybe get a second domain and separate some of the things. Yeah. Um, but it's good to have the work collated, I guess. Um, I applied for a job that is like podcast producing. In London, uh, London, in, in London, uh, London City, mate. It was like you know, research, prepping, hosts, editing. Uh, like it all seemed like, yeah, that's right in my fucking wheelhouse of things I do. You could definitely do that, hundred percent. Let's go. Let's let's chat to people. Let's that's like recording on location and stuff like that. Like a hundred percent. Let's go. Um, so we'll see that that. Uh, advertised a very rapid start potentially from the 22nd of January given that I haven't heard a fucking word in four days or five days since I submitted it and 22nd mm. of January is you when they mentioned that. I don't know maybe it's 22nd of January slash ASAP uh, I also applied for a producer role in The Line mm-hmm. uh, it listed X amount of years experience producing well I spent four years producing animated shorts with radio it listed uh, it listed a whole bunch of experience around 2D animation and things like that and it's like I have all of these things I have applied uh, haven't heard anything haven't heard anything yet that one would be sort of mid-March I think was the start they advertised I would love that job that studio creates amazing fucking things uh, so that would be cool I also have the idea though that they'll get some you know 10 year Disney TV veteran in but uh you all fit could, the bill. All I can do is apply. Yeah, I think the, the upside is without the 10 years of Disney experience, what I can do is undercut salary. <laughs> Those yeah. guys are 60, 70 grand a year. I would say, you know, throw me, throw me, throw me 30 grand and I'll be you good. Should, you should cut this bit out. Throw me, throw me 30 grand and I'll be good, yeah. Cut, just a, just cut enough the to salary negotiation out. Pay for coca noodles. You sound desperate. That's not cover it. I sound desperate. <laughs> That's not going to cover it. No, not in London. It's like a grand a month on rent. In London. It is cheaper than Dublin, though. Yeah. Um, Still. I'll sleep on a, anything, as we've learned. Uh, so that's me. I've been applying for jobs. Uh, I also did a bunch of fucking editing movies. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yes. Um, so it messed me going... Uh, did you just... You, you didn't edit the whole film, though. You just edited, like sequences right yeah it was it wasn't like i'm going to completely from scratch re-edit this because like i'm not getting into trying to figure out how to split like stems and bring in whole new audio tracks and whatever the fuck else and make whatever but there are there are films 
that are in the back of my mind that I'm like, I just hate this bit. And if it wasn't there, I wouldn't have that fucking hiccup every time I get to the fucking chunk of the movie where it's like, this is a not. Um, the specific moment in uh, The Dark Knight Rises is the very end. I just, we shouldn't have cut to Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway. Didn't need it. But I think it was like right after Inception. So some studio had probably said, we can't do another looking at a spinning top ending. Um, so I've cut a version where it just ends on Michael Caine looking up from his glass and having a little smile and going to black. And it's like, that's all we need. We don't need to then cut to... You know, you could have turned the film off right there as well, though, because it's the end of the film. It's not like it's in the middle of the film. Yeah, but it's more satisfying It's not like you're watching and you're going, this happen. is great so far, and, and you're going, this scene is killing it for me. Like, you, yeah. you've made it to the end of a bad film anyway. Well, you got that far. I, I understand that you have like strong feelings about it as a bad film. I recognize it as a flawed film for sure, but I also enjoy watching it. Um, the other section that really fucking annoys me is when Wayne gets back to Gotham. Um, there's a series of scenes where Commissioner Gordon gets captured and then brought to trial in front of the Scarecrow. A hundred percent, but I'm just trying to do the little fucking things that annoy me. Um, he gets brought to Brought to trial in front of Scarecrow, sentenced to walk out in the ice. Miranda is there. What is her name again as an actress? Um, Marion. Marion Cotillard. It is Miranda, isn't it? Raish's daughter. No. Anyway, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. She's there and Bane sort of separates her from the group. So she gets removed from the like sentence to death thing. So I guess that's trying to tell us that like, you know, there's something going on with Miranda anyway. Um, but it's a waste of fucking time. It doesn't need to be there. And then because Bane takes her away and in the very next shot, it's a holding pen where Bruce Wayne has been taken and Miranda's there already. And he's trying to break Lucius out so they can get gear and stuff. Uh, and then they basically stand God, up, turn around. They stand up, turn around, and then Catwoman kicks the guards. But there's no, there's no separate shot between the standing up and turning around. They stand up, turn around, and it feels like the same location, but they're actually in a corridor several rooms removed and they've there's no sense of time because it's passing. a bad film it's definitely bad editing in that moment so did, i've did, i've did taken that stuff a shot is from earlier put it the in the middle hmm? like it's all that stuff is all over the film a hundred percent there's definitely like shorthands and jumps there, there's this whatever, scene that, outdoors where they're fighting and it just makes no sense like the film is terrible it's a terrible film well come back to me with it's specific awful. moments there but in that one in particular it's just like there's just like characters are in one place the moment ago and then the next place and it just doesn't make sense it, it's the most glaring in that point and it always fucking annoys me does You're it not more bother t- you when when batman and bane square off at the end and the cops are fighting the terrorists and it's just the most fucking awful stage combat stuff with people miming in the background i don't see it and bane bane talks to batman and he's what is he says you come back here to die he goes no i came back here to stop you or something and it's just this awful terrible clunky moment yeah that doesn't bother you it's clunky but there's a lot of stuff that i just beyond clunky i'm just not that observant uh, brian in many ways i I see the stuff that's happening in the foreground that i'm supposed to be looking at i'm not looking at the like the the extras in the background just waving their arms around 100 percent now i'm imax and it's so big and in your face and they charge at each other and the terrorists have automatic weapons and the cops have nothing and it's just they really just wanted to do like a tale of two cities and just grafted Batman onto it and didn't care whether it worked or not. And it's just 
fucking woeful. Oh yeah, the the, the the Dark Knight Returns stuff is like thrown in there, irregardless of whether it made sense with the last film. Batman versus Superman is a better film than the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, easily. I am shocked. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move swiftly along. Christopher Nolan thinks that Zack Snyder is a great director, so, you know, he can't really be offended. I can't, he can't. He, can't. he thinks he's a great director. He thinks Watchmen came too soon. I... He thinks, have you heard, like, the heaps of praise he was giving him over Christmas? I... Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. He must have seen, uh, I mean, seen Rebel Moon before we did. You've upset me, because The Dark Knight Rises is truly Well... Speaking of truly awful, I took uh, the Green Lantern also and did a did a pass on that. Uh, I took out a lot of bad expositional stuff. Uh, there's a lot of sequences with Ryan Reynolds just like being late for things, and I'm like, we don't need that. We don't need that. Um, that was one of the things that annoyed me the most about that movie. You better hope none of these films were edited by a woman. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if if any of them were edited by women, I'm just uh, equal opportunity. It'd probably be better uh, critiquing. <laughs> Um, if they were all edited by women, then we learn something too. Like Hal Jordan was never the Ryan Reynolds type. Hal Jordan's the dutiful, focused test pilot. He's not the goofy. Like if they wanted the goofy version of the Green Lantern, have him play Kyle Rayner, the comic book artist. But um, that's that's uh, that's my. There's bigger problems than that as well. It has huge problems. Yeah, I never saw it. I did watch Rebel Moon. Martin Campbell directed. Oh I- yeah, you two talk about this. Say it again, Brian. How high were you? Be honest. I wasn't. I watched it twice. Were you high one of those times? Never. Be honest. Just be honest for us. Also, the world we live in, Kevin. No. 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 You you were toasted, right? You had to be. No way. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. You don't need to say the words in case anybody ever reads this transcript in court. No. No, you were not high. (laughs) No, I was not high. You weren't high both times? No. Okay. The second time was more skipping through things that I liked. But yeah, um, you weren't high both times. Okay. Um, Brian, were you yeah. were you not high watching it? I was not high. Compass mentis. Compass mentis. Um, I like okay, so, I liked so it tell twice. Us, tell us what you liked about it, Kevin. Tell us what you liked about it. Just kind of I just was able to like Disattached from <laughs> disattached from reality, and his uh, drug-addled brain was able to follow it. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell, tell us mostly. tell us the characters you liked. Tell um, us the points of the story you liked. Tell us the aspects of the design you liked. Character first. Characters first. I liked. Um, I like and say s- something about their character as well. I like the sexy the sexy Turok I'm man. Pretty sure they didn't have any sexy Turok man. Sexy Turok man. Yep, I like this the the. Oh, the spider lady was gross and scary, but that was cool. Um, I, everything was just like cool character. Why was she a spider lady? I don't know because spider ladies are scary. No, I mean like, well, what made her spidery? She no, she was a spider lady. She was a spider, spider lady. Yeah, what the frick? Um, she the the head of a woman, but the, the body of a spider. She looked, she looked like that character from Saga in the first. That's what I was. She wouldn't bite asking. you. Is it just? Is it taking the Saga character? Okay. I I mean Saga didn't invent that. Sure, no. sure. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, just great movie. Great movie. 
fascinatingly realized characters you liked and what about the characters Uh, look I know this is complete two dimensional garbage movie but I'm asking you to make the point we're talking about it just like what what characters did you like specifically you liked the spider lady you liked the Kev Kev tell tell Aiden what happens in the Torok dude scene yeah it's really great have you not watched this Aiden (laughs) no so it's really great Torok dude uh, is a slave has kind of he's been slave for some reason he's turned into a slave he owes somebody something for like, some reason I can't we remember. don't know yeah, can't remember. Okay. he's a slave and he's a slave and he's paying off his debt which would be the rest of his life but he's doing it because he's honourable for and, the rest of his life yeah and he's been there a while yeah and like even like I think like yeah he's been there for a while he's going to do the rest of his life he's in, cr- in crazy shape it doesn't even look real I think I think Zack Snyder might have just I'm, I'm just putting this out there I think Zack Snyder might have just used him for his body Oh, probably. But um, uh, yeah, basically, uh, there's a there's this like bird horse that's a uh, uh, wild. It's a wild animal. It's a bird bird horse, and it's massive. And uh, the the Torah that the, the slaver has on his farm ranch slave camp. Ranch, yeah, whatever. And uh, they make a deal. Can't tame it, and he can't tame it. And then he makes a deal that if uh, Torah can tame it, he'll get his freedom and. And and the thing is, he, he, we said here they make a deal, or he made a deal. It's the two, three heroes who are assembling a crew, and we've no idea it's why. Great. It's a ragtag crew. They've come for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> what is background? Is? Yeah. Why they need him? Yeah. Why they need a shirtless yeah. slave? Who's who? Okay, uh, man. But they come to this farm because they need this guy. So they make this deal, where if sexy slave man can tame the dog horse. <laughs> Bird he horse. let him go free. Yeah. Excuse me, bird horse. Yeah. My apologies. It's fine. Um, but if he can't tame him, mm-hmm. then the three people all become his slaves. Yeah. And it's scary and because, like, he means it. He means it. But why? Why did this guy just accept? Oh, I'm a slave for life now. When he, he had that bargain the whole time, he's like, "I'll tame that thing for you if you let me go free." It's like, no, because I he, need you here because he's a ma- for life. He's a man of his word. Like, He's he's important enough for him to keep for life, but not so important that if he tames the bird dog mm-hmm. that he'd let him bird go. horse it bird horse, whatever. It's okay. It just makes no sense. Anyways, Aiden, he tames the bird horse, uh, with, mm-hmm. mostly with his abs. It's fantastic, and okay. uh, and he 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 garners his freedom. However, he didn't really tame the bird horse because the the, the bird horse killed the guy anyways, killed the rancher. Mauled him. So he, he had this move the whole time where he could have just trained this thing to kill his captor. He didn't even have to train him. He didn't even have to train him. He didn't even do it. <laughs> no, no. He just, he just had to break him once. Yeah. He just had to show a display of, you know, he's not so bad. You could, basically, basically, he forced this animal to let him ride him. Right. Because they even fight in the sky and they crash into mountains and stuff. And then when they land, he's just like, huzzah, that animal's been broken. Hmm. But, he's, but he technically really hasn't. Anyways, but Turok is fucking hot as fuck. It's cool as shit. I love, to, I love the, I just love the ensemble of rogues gallery. That that was like it's just like it's just like part one. Collect the guys, you know, get the gang together. It's like someone just sat there with a concert artist. Draw me a cool samurai lady. Draw me a cool sexy Turok man. Draw me, draw me that that whatever that Belfast guy was. A rogue that does that does sound like the. Uh the way to go about making a movie of substance mm-hmm. sitting down with a 
character designer and, and just going to draw me a samurai. That's basically it. And uh, but I'm looking forward to all the character development that he's saving for the second part. Okay, uh, aren't you, Brian? Okay, uh, aren't you, Brian? Sure. Yeah. Good. Can't wait to yeah, watch it together. Wait. Even uh, Brian, your thoughts? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it's in the cinema, Brian, you can come up to me. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yep. Don't wait. I wonder if the board bird horse going to come back. But um. Uh, it has to, right? Yeah, I think it's like you know, it's 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 like that whole thing. Check Chekhov's Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's Chekhov's handgun, Chekhov's Chekhov's axe, Chekhov's bird horse. That's what it is. It's the old classic Chekhov's bird horse. Chekhov. Chekhov. <laughs> Chekhov. What is it? Chekhov. Oh. No N. Pardon. No, no N. Oh, I was, I genuinely, I was actually that close. I didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. That was a shot in the dark. Um, also, uh, I like the scene in the cantina. You know the scene in the cantina in Star Wars? Yes. I like when Zack Zach Snyder did it. His one has an extra rape and sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I know there's a director's cut coming in the middle of the year <gasps> mm-hmm. that, that's going to have apparently uh, more sexual content uh, there oh, was, yes. there was, i didn't realize there was sexual content in this but um but uh i liked that that weird <laughs> creepy <laughs> parasite there, there's a scene where there's uh, a space farm girl about to get raped it's horrible it just it just seems like the film is enjoying it too much which part was that with, right? um he did that with um sucker punch as well there's a lot um, of yeah, implied like a lot of the hallucinations and were just sexual them. assault sequence right brian what was that what was yeah. the, what was the rape scene you were talking about sorry just going back In to that which? Just, just going back to that Reverend. sucker punch am i right anytime they're going into these like hallucinated action scenes that's that's trauma that. and sexual I... assault going on they're dissociating women, from they're dissociating from what's going on in the mental asylum I, I've never watched. That's horrendous. That's what that movie is. It's fucking awful. They nearly like that movie came out, and that's when they started going. Maybe we shouldn't let this guy do Superman. Fucking hell! I've never seen it. That's horrendous. But it's empowering for them, you see, because they're having yeah. this this anime fantasy in their head while they're getting assaulted. We don't see the assault because we're watching cartoons in their head instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he saw Chicago and thought, "This is the way so to do it. This will be it's, fun." Uh, it's empowering instead uh-huh. okay well I'm not really looking forward to Rebel Moon 2 anymore I had a backpack with my iPad in it and a protein shake and the backpack fell off the table and it covered the iPad and the iPad is mostly fine but now it won't charge well I, think I'm I would like not that. put those two things near each other ever yeah I fucked up and it's really upsetting I, I I think you know I I actually think it'd be fine. Uh, it's not being fine. You can but see it, trying to it will, everything off this fucking. It will dry out. He'd be grand. He's talking about Rebel Moon too. Oh okay. This yeah. is um this is a week and a half later. Oh shit! Yeah, you're fucked. You're fucked. Did you put in? Did you put in some rice? No. That's kind of your first mistake. Yeah. You need a case to put the iPad in. This. It's. I, now you know. I, I understand these things, but now you know. I'm also just in the position now where it's. Oh, come on, sorry, I'm having a little fucking freak out with it. Oh, sorry, but you're my baby. Please. I need to get a new iPad as well, and it's annoying. I don't need to get a new iPad. I need a new, like, I need a cleaned port. That's it. Hey, you know what they say about a clean port? That's a bonus. Port a bit of a. How is your father? Huh? 
Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> Any old party call, huh? Uh, so, you are not looking forward to Rebel Moon now. Did we talk you out of it? Um, maybe, maybe. Uh, well, like, just kind of... Uh, but I, I, like, like every conversation that we have in this podcast, maybe I'm just less enthusiastic about it now. No. Well, I just like the, the colours. <laughs> the pretty characters. Um, I like I, I like those I like a lot of the actors I like uh, Sophia Butella I'm always happy when she's getting work um, I would like it to be less schlocky um, a lot of the time but um, there you go um, uh, okay I plugged it in with a different USB cord and now it's registering as charging so maybe the USB's got a problem as well or the cord sorry I've, I've, I've completely distracted you um, fuck Zack Snyder let's move on Fair to say? Okay. Kevin, I'm glad you saw something that you liked and you enjoyed. Thanks, Brian. This is true. This I'm is glad true. you have that. Well, to be honest, not anymore. It's kind of been ruined on me. Ah, oh, well. That's too bad. Yeah. It's fine. What a shame. I watched a documentary this week. Or are we finished? Are we, do we, do we, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I watched a documentary this week called Chimp Empire. Uh, okay, that's from a while back, isn't it? It must be. I never watched before. Uh, okay, tell us about it. It's a four-episode kind of limited series um, called Chimp Empire, and it features a community of chimps in the Ngogo Forest or Ngogo Forest in Uganda, okay. I want to say. And uh, it's beautiful, lush, green forest, and it has one of the largest communities of chimpanzees uh, ever, I think, recorded. Uh, and this society of chimps are 120 plus strong i think and uh it starts off just going through the hierarchy and how their society works and all the kinds of things and the diff- excuse me all those type of things and the different uh monkeys their roles their names etc you learn very early in it that uh monkeys aren't named by researchers until their first birthday because the survival rates and um, oh, wow and uh your, it focuses on essentially this it initially focuses on this one group this large group of chimpanzees and then uh, as these chimpanzees uh, you're learning about like I said their the the social status or the the, the society itself how it's run uh, and these there's a several monkeys doing a what would you call it when you're doing a like a security check around your perimeter uh, parole, uh, patrol yeah patrol exactly <clears throat> they're doing a kind of territory patrol uh, and then you learn of another group of uh, Nagogo chimps uh, called the Western Nagogo chimps. There's like, because there's essential ones and then there's the Western ones. And the Western ones were kicked out by the central ones for territory and battles and all that kind of stuff. And you start learning about that community. The larger community has a kind of, you know, the alpha male and then his right hand man. And then the next person, next person, next person. And the chimpanzees are always trying to rise up. Always, you know. And um, male chimpanzees are always trying to rise up. Uh, in this society but then the smaller society the western society it was kind of like uh there was more division between men and women like women would also go on patrols you know women were a part of like there was less of a you know the the women it's like it was like basically one was more like old uh like dated and like traditional and then the other one seemed more progressive it's very very interesting but just because it was a smaller group so they had to adapt to that way liberal woke agenda yes yep um it's just it's just fascinating it's like it's a really it kind of it spins a very good narrative on the whole thing uh but it's very very fascinating stuff like they're they're so like us in so so many ways uh it's fascinating stuff 
Uh, I'll take any questions. Thank you for listening. Um, does it feel like there we're in any danger of the chimps rising up and uh, uh, taking over the globe? Um, yes, but uh, but we'll kill ourselves before that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's a case of they're like they're coming species. We'll destroy ourselves and make way for them. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. Scruff, any chimp questions? No questions at this time. That's fine. I didn't realize chimps eat monkeys. Yeah, they're, they're, they hunt. They're Oddly just... enough, gorillas, vegetarian. Chimps, tear your arm off and eat it. But uh, they're a very caring, empathetic species or creature, you know? Like, uh, when when boys are born, they'll obviously, they'll, they'll you know, be cared for by the mom, blah, 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 until they reach kind of basically teenagehood, where it's like, it's really, they, they, they basically get exiled from their group and they're alone and no one's looking after them, you know, because they have to kind of transition from child to adult. And, and that kind of, that means getting on the social ladder, which means you're grooming other apes and they're grooming you, you know. But uh, this little fella, known he couldn't get on. He was so shy and he was alone and he, he you know, he just wasn't very social. Uh, his name was Burgle, I think. Was it Burgle? Yeah. And uh, he um, he would spend a lot of time on his, just like all the monkeys would be one side and he'd be away from him, sitting on his own in the forest. But he'd be sad and lonely, you know. And if no one's looking after him and people aren't grooming him, like his kind of health health would dissipate, you know. And mm. he ended up getting a parasite on his face and he people hadn't seen him for a while, you know, but he was basically like dying, you know. And then one mm. older chimpanzee, apparently kind of as also as males kind of age out of the whole hierarchical, patriarchal chimpanzee thing that they have. Uh, once older chimpanzees age out of that, they quite often would adopt the orphans that have kind of been abandoned or, you know, they'll quite often become nurturing in their older life. They're super aggressive, but they get as they get older, they become less aggressive and more nurturing. And it's quite common for male chimpanzees to adopt orphans and look after them. So this one the fella, I think his name was Garrison, realized that he nobody cared where Burger was. Nobody was looking for him. And then this one guy was just like, hey, where is that monkey? And he went and found him uh, with his face parasite and stuff and started helping him and grooming him and basically inducted him into the kind of social ladder and all that kind of stuff. But it's very, very sweet things. They're incredible species. Yeah, it's just fascinating stuff. I know I'm not really kind of doing a good job explaining it, but watch it. Chimpanzee yeah, Empire. Sounds it's amazing. Great. It's really good fun. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, is that it's, a Netflix thing yeah, original or, yeah, or where no, are we watching? Uh, Netflix, Netflix for sure. I don't know, like the original or whatever, but uh, yeah, it's really, really, really good stuff. Um, fascinating, fascinating things. And then, and then female, right? Like it's just, I just stuff you never know. I never knew, like female chimpanzees, like uh, once once they come to us, because like this basically a group of like say twenty four, you know, and then a group of one hundred twenty. But as as soon as the female chimpanzees come to an age where the boys they'd have to kind of transition from child to adult on the on the on the what would you call that pack pack ranking system or whatever was as soon as they the girls would come to that kind of age they'd age out of the group and they'd move they'd have to move out of the group and move on to another group uh, and that's how they stop uh, inbreeding. Okay, yeah. all right. So, so I never, there, there is a degree of understanding to yes, yeah. So that's how they keep their things. Clean, uh, you know, healthy and clean. Uh, so pure, 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 pure. Um, so yeah, fascinating stuff. Pretty cool. Check it out. It's, it was actually really, really good. I would have loved to watch more of it. Has anybody watched American Nightmare yet? No, I don't even know what Sweet that is. Dream or American Nightmare? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I think it, when it came out this week, I think Wednesday. Or was, was Wednesday? Was I it? believe so. Um, three episodes documentary from the team that 
produced Tinder Swindler. Oh, right. Um, I didn't find this as good. Have as you watched it, Kevin? No? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I didn't find it. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I had, I had uh, issues with it. Sure. I think it was. I think it was. I'm not so much recommending it as, yeah. as just talking about the, the, the story. Yeah, fire race. Or what happened? Yeah, it's, which it's, it's horrendous and crazy, shocking. Yeah. So what? What's the overview? Like, if like I know we don't want to go into spoilers on something this new, but like, what's the pitch on the? Like, if I read the documentary, uh, a guy calls the police. Because his girlfriend's been kidnapped. He's been tied up and like hooded, essentially. Right. And he says, my girlfriend partner has been kidnapped. And the police just immediately start to suspect him of being involved. And Statistically, that would make sense. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was strange and things. But. Yeah. Eventually, she turns up. Um, and this is after getting a proof of life, which they kind of found very suspicious. But... Um, she turns up and the police then accuse them of the whole thing being a hoax. So she gone <clears throat> girl. Gone girl, yeah. Okay. At first they thought that like she had faked her disappearance to try get him into trouble, as in basically like plot from Gone Girl. And it's insane. It's crazy. I won't say more than that. Okay. I mean, I don't think, you know, I think it's a news item. I don't think I don't think we should be saying no spoilers for you know real life events. Yeah, that's weird. It's not entertainment. Yeah, but just in case people want to go in knowing less, I'll say less. Yeah. But um, yeah, just absolutely bonkers, bizarre story. Um, I just kind of felt the. I think things like to be honest, uh, I kind of Tinder Swindler was so good, so I'm kind of shocked to hear that. But it's like uh, I just think things weren't addressed. I think they touched on things. They didn't elaborate enough on things. I think how they tried to kind of like. Lay it out. Hey, which things? Let's not be vague. Let's not be vague. Uh, so, like, you know the way because the, 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 there was things that they did that I kind of understand why they that they it wasn't the most clarity. Yes, but I think it was to kind of put us in the situation okay. at the beginning of the case where it's so like at the start it's really unclear whether she's still alive or whether she was returned, and then later they have interviewed the two of them together, and I think that was to kind of put us in the moment where kind of would have felt like for either of them they were together now not knowing whether because he didn't know if she was alive yeah. um, it, it, and it's unclear if if maybe he did do something and then when you start to hear her story it kind of puts her us in her shoes I think yeah. because she had so much uncertainty she didn't know whether this person was ever going to it was supposedly a ransom hostage kind of situation but she didn't know if they were just telling her that to keep her compliant or so I think that lack of clarity at the start kind of puts us in both their shoes a bit because it kind of recreates some of the uncertainty that they would have been experiencing and and as people watching the news at the time because I think the police were insisting that they were just lying yes. and I think that confusion that the lack of clarity creates probably reflects their mental state and the kind of people following news at the time I think so I, I kind of get that decision if that's what you're kind of referring to yeah, like I, I see how you're. Yeah, I, I understand definitely in a, in kind of in a sense of trying to like trying to recreate how it played out in real time, basically, mm-hmm. and how people would have would have been, you know, uh, getting the information and stuff. But no, it's just it's just like kind of the, the, uh, an intruder breaks into their home. He said it's like I, I look. I know there's information they don't have. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they don't have answers to things. An intruder breaks into their home. He knows their names. Or at least he knows the husband's name. He says this is not Andrea, which is the guy's ex-fiance or something. Uh, however, the woman still gets his his partner still gets kidnapped and she's taken away. 
he's left in a in a room in his house on the couch that he can't get off of because the intruder has installed a camera in the corner of the room and is monitoring him and told him if he moves, if he calls the police, if he does this, he does that, he's going to kill his partner. So the guy didn't contact the police for something like 11 hours or something, Brian, wasn't it? Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember now exactly. Uh, but he didn't contact the police for hours. So that initially raised his suspicion, you know? But, like, he's kind of there going, like, yeah, there's a camera in the room and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like absolute utter bullshit and tripe. But they never really kind of, like, they touched on things. It's like that one stage they find out that one of the FBI uh, investigators involved uh, had been involved with the guy, with the with one of the suspects or the the husband's ex partner. You know, uh, there's just yeah, there's just kind of things that like I I just felt like kind of the way they kind of like gave us information and then so kind of like oh I wonder is it a bit rushed because I hadn't heard I don't I haven't like, heard of it either. If right? I'd heard of that story as it was happening, I hadn't I'd forgotten. So I wonder is there an element of when they find a story like this. Where they they try to get ahead, be of the it. first to break yeah. it, yeah, and it's like it's three episodes, and we we do it as as concisely and as detailed as we can, but we also have to get it out because you know before it gets yeah. before the story gets picked up and somebody else makes it think, because you know we had something like making a murderer, which was years in the making, mm. where they just happened to kind of fall into this phenomenal story that was twisting and turning. And now there's a race to find the next I one. I know. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Every time it's trying to, like, because they've produced a few now, like the, what's the other, the Murdoch one? Yeah, Murdoch Family, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, the Murdoch you know, Family. That, something like, like that, yeah. that was three or four episodes and then we got a follow-up episode because the court case was happening. So like, they're making stuff that hasn't even. Yeah. They're doing it live. yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> live. They're doing it live. And that, that's like, that's. Anytime you see a, a movie about a massive world event a year after the massive world event, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to check back in in 10 years because y'all don't know what this is yet. Yeah, because the story isn't even finished yet. But um, and that's, a, that's a good point. Um, so basically, I would say the structure of the show is it's three episodes, wasn't that it, right? Three episodes, And it's yeah. kind of like episodes. Like I said, I, 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 I'm not even necessarily recommending it was just i watched it this week and the whole time i was just like this is no brian it, this is bizarre it's biz- especially the fact that i hadn't heard about yes it, you know? it's horrendous um, uh that poor like well that poor her story is just horrendous fucking fucking awful. horrendous yeah i mean content warning to anybody yeah yeah listening and thinking of watching it her recounting her experience and her other experiences are just fucking oh horrendous she's crazy strong but it's brutal. horrendous uh yeah She's a crazy powerful woman, really, in fairness. Uh, Tana, to be able to talk about it the way she talks about it, and then obviously to be able to have to, having to endure that, you know? Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's like episode one is like, did he do it? Episode two is, did she do it? And episode three is like, you know, what happened? What, 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 what actually Do they have an answer? They do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They okay. do, they do yeah. to an extent, right, Brian? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, like, like I said, I, I think, I, like, I don't disagree with you, Kev. It's it's um it could be more comprehensive yeah definitely and, like, and i think it's the it's, it's a story that seems like it needs more than three episodes yeah but again it's just like it seems like maybe they want to get it out yeah. faster and if if there's interest maybe they do a follow-up with yeah extra content yeah. that they have we get the snyder cut yeah but, 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 I'm just, but like as if it, as if on the flip side of it though you know there is it, it is reality and i'm sure there's just simply just there's no there's no answers to some of those questions yeah. that I have issues with or that yeah. you know the structure of it the structure of it is very probably you know just a, it's indicative of, of 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 kind of the actual situation you know what I mean 
but uh, but it but it is it is it is good. It's a good you know when I say good you know it's it's horrendous. But it's uh, as documentaries go, it's it's worth to watch. Uh, but it's horrendous. It is well made, otherwise. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, it's not. Oh God! And the police, that mustard guy. Shame on Awful. him! Shame on him! And the stuff he said to uh, Denise's poor mother. Shame on him! Shame on him! We we've seen a number of times as well. We've seen like you know anybody talking about particularly dealing with the police in America. If you're ever like being questioned and stuff, it's say like, do not talk to them without nothing. A lawyer say nothing. And, it's funny to see it happen like in real time where they're just accusing the the boyfriend of stuff and he's like he's complying and he's just like I can't believe you think I like he, you can see him where he's just like questioning his sanity and reality and the moment he says I think I need a lawyer the cop just stops instantly he knows he can't say another but before that he's just like being horrible to him he's like you know you've done this this is what's happened this is how you've done it this is how it's played out meanwhile the guy's thinking she was literally taken and you're not looking for her because you think it's me. And he's just, you can see him just like question everything. And then the moment he says, I think I need a lawyer, the cop just stops everything. He's like, what? I can't, I can't. You've said lawyer. Abuse or torment you anymore. I have to stop. Yeah. You've said lawyer. Yeah. Honestly. I see it as such a cliche, but it's it's just so. Oh, anybody so listen true, to this. You know? <laughs> if you're ever in a situation, guilty or innocent, I don't know, fucking, but Get yourself a lawyer. Don't say anything. Don't say a fucking word. Don't tell him anything. Even in the documentary, I think it's in that documentary to say, like, kind of, you know, don't make a statement. If you make, like, several statements and there's any, like, inaccuracies between those statements, Mm -hmm. they'll use that against you. Don't say anything. Because even if you're innocent as hell, lawyer up. It's the safest way for you to ensure you get out of it. But, yeah. Crazy. Crazy shit. Mm. Yeah, there's a whole like like Tom Segura's got a whole bit on that as well about watching that show, the the first forty eight. You know, you just like, you know, if, if they don't solve the murder in the first forty eight hours, they ain't solving that murder. And the minute anybody says lawyer, the story's over. I think it's happened two or three times in the show, but the minute they say lawyer, it's like, mm. okay, now we have no. That's that done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Moving on. There's another. Finished. There's another murder to look at. Let's put that one down for a minute. Um. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. Um, I did a little like. I've been digging through some of the like Amazon Prime movies. I always find like Amazon Prime's cataloging and their UI is <gasps> my the God. garbage I found there. I, I I have, I I sent you clips, didn't I? Yes. Of some of the stuff yeah, yeah. I was watching. You did. What the hell was that? Just, hey, just, I don't just know. Pause I for don't one know this so much of it. Do we have to stop for a second? No, no, no. I just, I just want to, I want to be part of this conversation. I just have to close the door because it's making noise, and I don't want to be okay, in the background. Go, one second, go. So, what was, what was it you were watching, Brian? Uh, well, that one specifically was, I think it was called like Pandora's Box, but it was Volume Two, and they are just, they're not even like student films; they're just amateur films, um, and it looks like that. <laughs> um. Whatever about the people who wrote and made these things, you know, they're out there and they're they're trying, they're making stuff. But the mm. fact that it's so so basically, what's on Amazon looks like the DVD has been ripped. So like mm-hmm. on Amazon, there's still the DVD menu as part of the thing. Like it cuts back to yeah. Why did they do that? It's that bad. <laughs> Amazon is, Prime is full of just some absolute. 
Get garbage that you shouldn't be paying for. That shouldn't be on a service you're paying for. It's in like one. I think there's what is it? It there's like there's a couple of there's a couple of like B movie stuff that will come up and it'll be it'll be stuff that you know nobody ever maybe liked, but Mm. it's just garnered a bit of a cult status. And once you click into that, not even watch the whole thing, just the recommendations related to that. It's a rabbit hole of um, just nonsense, really cheaply made borderline pornographic stuff. Um, a lot, a lot of it is like there's a lot of amateur horror stuff that is just an excuse for people to film girls with their tops off and stuff like that. And it's right. it's insane how much in of movie. it is on. <laughs> yeah, but it's insane how much of it is on Prime. It's just it's. I've gone down a rabbit hole of watching yeah. so much of this stuff. It's crazy. It just doesn't feel curated, I guess. It's not. Like, the, not. The, the UI is awful. Like, I, I, what was I looking for recently? Um, oh, I saw, the, I saw the Hunger Games prequel over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, the um, Ballad of Lizards and... and songbirds and Snakes. Okay. Snakes. Um, Actually, didn't hate it. I, never, it I, I, I only watched the first one. I've never seen Hunger Games. Yeah, went went home because I'd seen a few times that Hunger Games was popping up on recommendations. I couldn't remember if it was on Disney or on Prime and stuff. I searched for it on Netflix and Disney. It wasn't there. Searched for it on Prime. It wasn't there. So I go back to the main menu on Prime, and Mockingjay Part Two comes up on Prime. It's like, mm-hmm. but I just searched for that. Yeah. So I type Hunger Games in. It doesn't come up. <laughs> In the search results, mm. on Prime, it's fucking the, nuts. The, all, the whole thing, like Hunger Games one and two, and Mockingjay Part one and two, are all on Prime, and they didn't show up in the search for on here. Prime. It's crazy. Like, it, it's, it's, it's 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 insane a, how bad, especially because Amazon's whole thing is built on like if you buy like anything you choose to buy, the the kind of the long tail of purchases, the way it's been able to recommend stuff. Mm and really capitalize on the data produces from every action you take on the the website when you're buying something produces another opportunity for them to like one create more data and learn more about you and drive you towards other products and stuff you might be interested in that's why it became so huge and yet then when you go to their their you know streaming service it doesn't have any of that same kind of function or search or sophistication it's 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 crazy the the disparity between the two it's awful it's it's mental like i i i look at stuff like when i'm scrolling around it's like there's you know there's i i I can't even think of an example but it's like the movie is there and then there's like the director's cut extended version is there as well and it's like can we just just pick when it has it has multiple seasons of things it's got classic movies as well it has (laughs) classic movies as well it's got like the original and then it's got the like colorized version it's like just fucking pick one like be a curated experience it 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 really does seem like that they just ripped Mm. dvds that they had this machine that had discs pumped into it that just ripped the data as you would when you were like burning a DVD or something and then just put up those files because there's just no, like I said, no curation. There's multiple versions of of, of the same film yeah. up there. And, different some, some of them and like, sometimes some it's just with like quality. different cover art or something. Yeah, different quality, different cover art. 
It's weird. I watched. It, so, it, do you know what? It it, re- it really reminds me of like browsing in a in a VHS rental. Like that. That's what it feels like. It feels like the biggest one in the world, and I'm just like picking up boxes of cassettes, kind of going. What's the difference between these two? A hundred, a hundred percent. So like, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to like find like the sweet spot of like old movies that are like, yeah, we've got some old movies, but it's a decent version of it, and it's like kind of well, like document. I don't know. It's like because there's like something like Mubi or or like the the Criterion Collection stuff, like when they had their streaming service, where you feel like you're you're. Like where you feel like cinema history is being respected and curated yeah. and presented well as like isn't this amazing, you know? As opposed to like here is the here is a scan shit. of the magnetic <laughs> Watch tape you want. that was I don't sent care. to a TV studio <laughs> in 1991. Like there's TV shows that I've seen. That's a that's a weird fucking thing. I think I've talked about this before, where I'd be like scrolling through, scrolling through TV, and I find like one of the like movies for men channels or mm-hmm. like one of these shitty movie channels somewhere down that takes commercial breaks every 10 minutes and it's playing Farscape or Stargate SG-1 and I look at it and I go god this show looks like dog shit it hasn't aged well and then I see a version of it played on Sky 1 or on DVD and I'm like oh no this looks fine so whatever tape they were handed to fucking yeah. play this back is so fucked and it's being broadcast um I, I watched a bunch of stuff. I watched About My Father with Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. Um, that's a new one, to be fair, but it's just illustrating my like hopping around Prime for the last week and a half or so. Um, it's a bad version of Meet the Parents, and I never liked Meet the Parents. Um, I watched... De Niro made two Meet the Parents. Huh? De Niro made another non-sequel Meet the Parents. Yeah, it's 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 basically wow. he's Sebastian Maniscalco's dad, and he doesn't want to meet that family, and he's just like it's the awkwardness of a family meeting a family. It's meet the parents. Um, uh, I watched City Sickers too. Now I'm stepping back in time again. I really enjoyed that movie. I always have time for that one that would like show up on UTV on a Saturday evening before, you know, the evening TV kicked in. Um, there's some beautiful shots in that. I love Billy Crystal as a little leading man. Um, I don't know why I added a little there, but like you don't think of him as a little, you don't think of him as the action guy as much. Um, but there's a couple of shots in there where he's like chasing a horse through a canyon on a back on horseback, and it's like that's cool. They like fucking shot this, and like it's pre CGI. So when a hundred horses come over a hill, it's like shit. There's a, they had to drive a hundred horses over this fucking hill. Like it's not pre pre CGI, but it's like they're not doing like 1994, 95. They're not. You know, it's pre-Lord of the Rings where they had the, like, masses of people being generated for hordes of armies. I can't remember what that uh, engine was called. Um, Hopscotch was one I watched. I don't know if you all have ever heard of that. It's Walter Matthau and Glenda Jackson in a spy movie set during, like, the Cold War. Um, That was fun. That was a fun, like, kind of, like, pre-sort of Jason Bourne-y like chase around Europe for a CIA agent gone rogue with Walter Matthau. I want to watch. That's reminded me. Mm-hmm. I think we should watch a film that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, listening to a lot of uh, Henry Mancini. Okay. It's like just absolutely gorgeous scores. Yeah. But there's a track that he has for a film called Experiment in Terror and the theme tune is 
so fucking good. The film is I called Experiment in Terror. Yeah, and the 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 theme that I keep listening to is it's piece called Experiment in Terror, and it is so good. And I figure I should give the film a watch. And if Glenn I'm going Ford. to dig up an old film, we should all watch it Lee and maybe talk about it. Because I, I looked it up, I, I kind of assumed that maybe the score had outshone the, the film. Mm. So I looked up the film and it actually did get good reviews. So okay, I was going to watch it anyway, but seeing as it got good reviews, we should maybe check it out. But, 100%. Um, also give the give the the main theme and listen, it's just... I'm just playing it in my head right now and it's just giving me so much joy. It's just it's just this moody, sultry, badass, cool score. It's amazing. Mm. He's got to be one of the best composers who's ever oh, worked in film. He's 100%. So he's, he's, he is up there yeah. with legendary status for sure, right? Yeah. Um okay, cool. That's great. I love it. I love the I love the recommendation. Um, that's next week's film for sure I'll try and find a, a place cool. to watch it um, find a DVD copy of it and we'll post it to each other exactly. what's it that's called Brian? Right. just so I can order on eBay now Experiment in Terror Experiment in Terror it's not on Prime is it? I mean it could be but <laughs> good luck finding it, find it. <laughs> okay okay Experiment in Terror it's on you can rent Suggested. it on you can rent it on YouTube for 3 euro okay perfect yeah which I actually generally do do when I can because uh, yeah, I it's do great. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. I don't have problem at all paying for that stuff. Um, cool. Yeah, okay. Uh, cool. Just to just to finish on Hopscotch, it, it was Sorry. fun. Like the director's um, Roger Neems, uh, Ronald Neem, and he does have a few like good films to his like history. Um, uh, the one I, I remember seeing on TNT when I was a child was The Million Pound Note with Gregory Peck, I think it is. Um, but it's it it's a fun sort of pre the the complexity of a, a Jason Bourne movie. It doesn't have the high tech. It doesn't have the energy. There's a lot of like typewriters and like physical fucking around and like phone calls and. But it's got um, Sam Waterson in it, a very young Sam Waterson as a sort of um, the up and coming Mr. Eyebrows. CIA agent. Um, dark hair at that point. Um, I will say that. Like in, I don't think I'm really spoiling anything on a over forty year old film um, by saying it does a pretty good spy trope thing at the end, where the like, you know, the guys chasing him don't recognize he's there because he's got a disguise on. One of these little like, he was right beside me kind of moments. But the right beside me disguise does involve uh, Walter Matthau uh, browning up and wearing a turban. Um, oh dear! And they just didn't need that in the last sixty seconds of the movie. I, <laughs> if I had to cut a sheet, if I had to cut a scene from a film, like it's not even like in the rest of the film, there's a Mission Impossible style disguise trope or gimmick happening. He never, he never wears yeah. his disguise in the movie. He changes his name and alias and passports and stuff, but he never puts on a fucking rubber nose and speaks with an accent anywhere else in the film. And then the last minute, they're like, "Why did you do this?" Um, Apparently, they, they, it was quite common, though. What? That disguise stuff. Like, they... they in, in spent CIA? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they... It was somebody's job to come up with disguises and means where they could, like, do quick transformations and stuff. It's, it's crazy. They're 100% still... Someone still do that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, completely. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's just... It, like, it, it's just... It probably seems out of place to us because we're so used to it as a, a movie trope mm-hmm. or, you know, a thing. But apparently it's a very 
authentic thing. I I don't doubt that. I like I did. I think I did. I might have seen the same thing you're seeing. Um, making a presumption, I did see a YouTube video where they spoke to somebody who was like like a disguise specialist for CIA or something. Whatever the like, you know, I don't know how they prove that credential. But a, a lot of talk around simple things of like adding a major distracting feature. You know, wearing glasses and mm-hmm. a bright colored wig is a thing that sticks in a person's brain. No, I definitely remember they were like, they were a shocking blonde color, you know, like something that just distracts from the fact that like, they don't have any hair, you know, like when they take the wig mm-hmm. off, it's like, it couldn't have been him. He doesn't have any hair. Well, you said blonde, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like simple, quick change things that just change the like perception or the, the, uh, the memory as it hits you. But yeah, like, like I said, it, it didn't need the brown face at the end of the movie for almost no reason um but it's fun and it's on it's on prime uh the one i was really going to talk about though because like i know i'm doing a lot of talking here uh, all right there's a movie there's a movie called the freshman from 1990 and i watched this because um i had watched mafia mama but i saw the freshman in I don't know, I was probably 15 or 16 and it was on Sky Movies or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's a f- kind of forgotten Broderick comedy, Matthew Broderick and Marlon Brando. Yeah, which is mad. And he's a he's a film student that gets robbed and gets embroiled in, uh, like, mafia goings-on and... It's a light comedy, and Brando is basically reprising his Godfather role. And like, because they're film students, it does not go unobserved. They're just like, "Oh my God, you really bear a resemblance to." And everybody's like, "Shush, shush, shush, shush! Don't, don't fucking talk about it." And it's, it's a funny fucking film. It's. I was reading about ha- the the process of it getting made. Um, the director, the writer, director is the guy behind. Like, he wrote the script that became Blazing Saddles. He's he's written a few other things as well. Um, he's saying they, they paid Brando three million dollars to do the, the movie which was again huge for 1990 yeah. once they had Brando Broderick who was huge at the time absolutely jumped on the fucking film it says Laurence Olivier was up for like wanted to be a part of it but uh, he proved too sick in the last minute it's got it's got some funny shit in as well where it's like the production ran a week over they needed an extra week of Brando so he said it'll be another million dollars and they said, no, thank you. Like, you just have to do the job. And he apparently threatened to shit on the film if they didn't pay him. And he just went out in the press and started shitting on the film. And it started getting headlines about what a turkey this was going to be. And they then paid him. And then he started going around singing the praises about what a good film it was. Um, that is that is some shitty behavior. Like, I don't know what that does in terms of, like, this movie falling. He was a falling. piece of shit. He, he, yeah, he, he definitely has his fucking ups and downs narratively but like yeah I, yeah, I kind of agree um, the amount of st- like I rarely hear like what a lovely person Brando was every story you hear is about the like misbehaviors or the he was selfish behaviors um, but he was a nasty person it is a funny film in a, just a light fun comedy kind of way and I just like those films like I was trying to think may, how can I put a list together of these just sort of like really light fun fucking films and um, I really recommend The Freshman it's like it's not going to shatter anybody's world but it's just a nice put it on in an afternoon or an evening film I would say watch it fair 
Cool. I might. I also think it might be one of the early Broderick roles I see where he's like not. He's not not high status, but like Broderick went from being Ferris Bueller, cool guy star to always playing like low status fish out of water, like like you know the producers Max Bialystok or or Tower Heist. You know he, he's he's weaker willed. Like he there he, he went from being he went from being Ferris hot, Bueller to being a wimp. Basically, yeah, in every role. Now maybe they're just more fun to play. But like he even plays like Booger or something in Thirty Rock as well. He he just went to play strange. Went ones. to playing low status characters, and it's a weird did, progression. Did well? Do you think that was after the incident at Belfast? Donegal or Donegal was it? I think so. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't ascribe everything in Matthew Broderick's life to the the time he inadvertently to the murder killed some of a people. Person. Do we say murder? Reckless driving. Accident. Doesn't have to be intent. Mm. Um, wrongful killing? I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Manslaughter? Yeah. Manslaughter, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't ascribe everything in the man's life to that incident. Um, no, I, I was saying in terms of like his career projection and the type of roles he was attracted to. Maybe after that incident, he kind of was like, you know, don't want to be like putting it out there that I'm living large and you know, Hollywood star, having the best time of my life. I'm going to do more meager you know, roles. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what sure. you're saying. It's yeah. just, it's just like, I don't think it's helpful to try and diagnose the behaviors in that regard. I just think it's funny to, sorry, geez, sorry for being unhealthy. <laughs> it's all right. I forgive you. My iPad won't charge guys. I'm really fucking sad. Cause I don't have two grand to spend on another iPad or 1200 euro. Uh, yes. It's incredibly disappointing that they're so expensive now. Buy a second-hand one. That's what I'm going to do. Fuck it. Going to give a fuck. I wonder how to go about cleaning this charging port, because I know it's just a cleaning issue. Because protein shake, it just sort of dries into that little flaky... Like, it's just covering the contacts, I'm assuming. Uh, High-powered air. I read a thing saying don't do that. It just pushes shit into the... Can ingrain it. I don't know. I have have the air canister here. I can give it a shot. Um... Brian, you were saying you were playing a video game called Jusant? Jusant? Jusant. Jusant. It's French? Jusant. Oui. Oui? Um, I think it is, um, I think it's French for a receding tide, I think. Okay. Something like that. <clears throat> it's a climbing game. Okay. And it's wonderful. Looks very pretty. It's yeah it's beautiful um it's kind of a bit of a puzzle game i'm not far enough into it yet for the climbing to become a puzzle it's still kind of like showing me the ropes haha <laughs> haha <laughs> right little joke there um oh, God. it's got a really it's got a really nice climbing mechanic where you approach the surface you want to climb and if there's a valid thing for you to hold there, you can press the left trigger or the right trigger. The left trigger is your left hand, right trigger is your right hand. And if there's a valid hold, the character will grip onto it. And you keep that mm. trigger pressed. So if I press the right trigger, the character grabs it with their right hand and they hold on. And then I use the left stick to search for a hold. And if there's a valid hold in the direction I'm pushing, then they'll place their character or the character will place their hand in that direction. So if I push up and there's a hold in that direction, 
they'll reach up. But if there's nothing above him, then he won't move their hand. So that's like describing to me that there's, you know, something there to grab or not. So whether it's to the left or the right, wherever the hold is, then I press the left trigger and the character grabs on with their left hand. Okay, cool. I'm holding both triggers. I'm holding both triggers, so I'm holding on with both hands. So then I need to release the right trigger and search for another hold with the stick. And I'm just kind of searching for holes and you're grabbing. So like you're really feeling like you're holding on because you are holding on with the triggers. And climbing up. Don't know why I'm climbing up yet. Just climbing a mountain. But then at a certain point, you'll have to place like a little um, a piton, which is, you know, the kind of mm. like the metal spike you put in the, the wall. And that's kind of like a checkpoint because you have a stamina meter. So if you're climbing for too long, your stamina will run out and you'll you'll drop to wherever right. you're, whether it's where you placed your hold at the start or you've got three that you can use. So you can kind of create three checkpoints. But if you if you go the wrong route on the way up and your stamina runs out, you're going to drop to your last point and you'll have to like, you kind of figure out, okay, that's not the route I need to take here and maybe I need to go right instead of left or something. But um, this is a really beautiful game. It's got a kind of a... Um, kind of a graphic novel sci-fi kind of style reminds me of a little bit Mobius I guess maybe okay that's in 3D um, yeah that's a very popular Um, aesthetic yeah but it's beautiful looking game and I would love you know Kev mentioned that he thought it was Zelda or something when he first saw it Mm. I would love a Zelda type game in this style because like one of the things I really don't like about Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom is how small the, the character is, how far back the camera is from the character. So all the environments just kind of feel like toys. And okay. it's fine for a while, you know, when kind of doing exploration and stuff. But after a while, it gets a bit samey and where you're kind of finding new locations and new places. They just feel kind of small in scale. Mm-hmm. And it robs it a bit of the kind of sense of discovery and exploration. Whereas with this, the camera's just that bit closer and the environments are just that much more engaging and because of it when did you get it uh it came so it came out in october and i only heard of it um like a week or two ago and i was like i need to i can't believe you know this game is climbing and everything else i was like it's puzzles and it looks gorgeous and it's right up my alley how have i not heard of it so it was 25 euro on the playstation store and it's beautiful and i'm 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 barely uh, it's probably not the longest game, but um, I've probably only been playing it for about an hour so far. And so it starts, you're kind of walking across this this arid landscape and there's kind of lots of what looks like kind of shipwrecks and stuff like that. So there's something to do with the tide, obviously related to the title and things like that. Mm. And it looks like there's almost like a lighthouse type structure mm-hmm. on the mountains. So one of the first things I've done is kind of climb up that and I'm reading all these letters that people have been sending to each other back and forth and it's about them kind of moving from where they are to everybody's leaving they've all gone somewhere mm-hmm. and I'm trying to piece together the pieces of where have they gone and why have they gone and things like that and you've got this little kind of ghibli creature kind of thing in your backpack that kind of can show you the way and it can kind of like highlight stuff and it's just really cute and really nice and the climbing mechanic is is really 
really solid. It's good fun. Mm. Feels like you're climbing. You can do kind of jumps and stuff. And it's really, yeah, I love it. Really enjoying it. Okay, awesome. Sounds highly recommend. Sounds pretty epic. But I hope in like future kind of not necessarily Zelda or other titles, I would love to see them kind of implement the scale and the climbing mechanic as well. Because it's really really frustrates me in games when, you know, like something like a, an Assassin's Creed or even like what I loved about the last two Zelda games was that you can climb any surface. But you're basically just pushing a direction. Yes, you're not, you're not actively climbing. Yeah. You're just yeah, you're just pushing a direction. It'd be great to see them implement stuff like this. And especially with something like Assassin's Creed where you're parkouring, it's the same thing. You're just you're just pushing a direction and you're just climbing over stuff. It'd be great to see something be a bit more I suppose so, you know engaged, but also satisfying as you're pressing stuff. I guess so. Uh, nice feedback. But, but uh, I guess, like you know, like you know, Zelda and Assassin's Creed, like uh, they have a lot more than just a climbing. Uh, yep. Going on. There's no reason that they can't put it in there. Put well. a little bit more yeah. of it in there. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Cool beans. I'd like to see the scale as well. Like I said. Okay, sounds cool. I will share more footage as I do more cool stuff. Yes. Cool. Uh, Aiden, did you uh, did you watch anything else this week? Um, let me think. I gave you a, a significant list um, of things. Um, freshman, I mentioned Mafia Mama. I watched um, Mafia Mama. Did you enjoy it? Um, more than you, anyways. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. Tony Collette's great. I, yeah, like, Tony Collette's I, great. I like seeing her in everything and anything. But I do know there's parts of it where it's just like she's kind of getting like, "Give me my phone, give me my phone," and gives her phone, and she's like, eh. "She's like, you know, it's like." You're, you know, she's not a child. Like, it's kind of like you're playing, uh, you know, a mother struggling with the empty nest. Would you say that's correct? And then she kind of finds out that her husband is cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Her grandfather. But what I'm trying to say, it's just like, kind of like, sometimes it's like they made her seem like a little bit too stupid, I think. Naive, Naive, I think, is, yeah. is how I would describe yeah. that character. Um, yeah. And um, but I loved it. Ten out of ten. Great like movie. I don't, I don't think she too. On what did you say? I said ten I out of ten. Ten out of ten. Great movie. Okay. Cool. Um, I look. I had a lot of fun with it too. Tony Collette's just a good actor. Um, Monica Bellucci in it is. I guess That's I don't who see that her. Was. Yeah. Um, it's odd. It's odd. Monica Bellucci doing comedy, but. I, I like sort of it's like when you saw Peter O'Toole and King Ralph they're there doing their thing but it's like mm, I don't know that you fit in this thing especially when they introduce the idea that she's got a, a um, an artificial leg because she got run over but the leg is like perfectly like it's like it's like a perfect human leg yeah it's like wow like like we're all it's watch- just also titanium yeah we're also we're all watching this going like so like uh, prosthetic uh, technology has become so advanced that looks like uh, a fully functioning human yeah. leg. She gets shot in the leg and the bullet bounces off and hits somebody else. And it's like, this is some naked gun logic in a film that isn't the naked gun. I was going to say, that's okay. Ex- exactly. That's okay in a movie that would be like full of that stuff. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Um, it's an odd an odd choice it is an odd choice 
Brian, did you watch anything else? Uh, poor things. Well, okay, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. We've got the sort of Oscar. I don't know anything about that. As in, like, I don't know what it's about. I, I, I'm aware that Paul Mescal and someone called is it Adam Scott. That's not that film. What's Poor Things, then? Poor Things is Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo and Willem, Willem Dafoe. Oh, and that's the one where... where um, Small Things, I think, is what you're thinking of. All Things is the other one, is it? Small Things Like These. Um, Paul Mescal. Hold on, I'll Google. Sorry, Brian, for derailing your thing. I don't know. I need to watch something with Paul Mescal in it, because I've I'm missing whatever this is. Um, in that I don't people he's he's going he's huge and going to be huge and I've not watched anything with him in it. But sorry, uh, go on about tell us about poor things. Yes. Well, you, why don't you tell me what you know about poor things? So far. is that the one where uh, Emma Stone is wearing a black wig or a black hair? Yeah, and she's basically. Uh, so I've only seen. I don't even know what I saw. That I don't even know if it had sound. I can't remember. But it was just like. Kind of, she was running, doing a lot of running around. It looked like kind of, it looked a little bit like Batty. It looked, it looked like, look like what? Bat- Batty. It looked a little crazy. Oh yes, gotcha. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, it is yeah, Batty. I, I, I got a like, like a a Frankenstein's monster kind of that. spin, like an, a, a a twist on Frankenstein's monster. Oh, cool. Know, um, yeah. What's the what's the movie with Oscar Isaac with the AI? Ex Machina, um, no. Ex Machina. It? It, it's like a, it's like a, an artificial person experiencing the world. I guess seeing the world through a different eyes, type of job. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that, those are the assumptions I'm making. It's like, what does the world look like to something born yesterday? I guess. Fair. Tell us about poor yeah. things. Yeah. Um, how much to say about it, story wise? I guess it is that. It, it is somebody kind of experiencing the world in a very raw, infantile almost way. I won't say too much about how that situation comes about. Mm-hmm. Um, but Willem Dafoe plays a sort of a Frankenstein-type character, doctor, who very much looks like a Frankenstein creation himself. Mm-hmm. He's kind of deformed. He's kind of almost patchwork kind of face. And... He's conducting this experiment with Emma Stone's character, Bella, and he brings one of his students. He's a he's a surgeon and he teaches at school. He brings one of his students back to kind of help him document this process. Mm. And somewhere along the way, Mark Ruffalo's character finds out about Bella mm. and he decides to steal her away. And she starts to then experience things outside of the confines of what Willem Dafoe has been trying to show and teach her. And it's um, it's bizarre, it's surreal, it's grotesque, um, it's very funny, it's fantastic. I wouldn't cool. really say too much more without spoiling it. Uh, Emma Stone is amazing in it. Um, Mark Ruffalo is hilarious in it. He plays like a, it's almost like he's doing a Matt Berry impression or something. He's just this like okay. cat in a bounder. He just kind of talks with a purr and he just, he's enjoying every moment of what he's doing. That's Isabella. interesting. So entertaining. Because That's I great. saw him in, um, uh, oh God, all of the light, 
hits or what was the name of that Netflix yeah. Nazi? Yeah, all the little lights thing. that shine or something like that. Or all the little lights. All that. the light that shines. All the light we cannot see. Yeah. Um, I saw him in that, and it's like I'm so we've. Like, Mark Ruffalo is, of course, a fantastic actor, and we've seen him in many, many things over the years, but he has been very much in Marvel land for a while, at least mm-hmm. in, in terms of my exposure to him. He's been Bruce, Bruce Banner for ages. So seeing him in this thing where he's, like, playing sort of the the the, the European uh, museum owner whose daughter, you know, ends up whatever the hell. But, you know, Mark Ruffalo, in order to play sort of period European is of course doing a vaguely British accent and it's like why are you doing why, why are we doing this and I, I I was sort of like I don't know I was speed bumped by it I guess is the only thing to say but it's interesting that he then follows it up with poor things as well so I guess he's like you know um, I guess I heard Downey talking as well off the back of Oppenheimer as well saying his management were like you need to sort of like reboot your career a little bit post Marvel do something different take a big pay cut you know, change it up a bit. Um, I can see how Ruffalo would do something similar. You know, just take some big swings now that he's got some uh, franchise security. Uh, but you recommend? Yeah, it's uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who did Killing of a Sacred Deer, Lobster, yeah. Favorite. Um, it's great. And the cinematographer on it is an Irishman. It's cool. Oh. Because the cinematography in it is stunning. Gorgeous looking film, lots of kind of, um, I suppose, unconventional for now. It was, it was like there's lots of fish, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of it is to kind of create the kind of language of like German expressionist and kind of silent film and stuff like that. Um, it moves from black and white to, to color kind of maybe a third of the way through. Um, but yeah, um, Irish cinematographer. So go on the lads. Great. Yeah, well, it looks savage. I'm going to check it out. Do do check it out. Do see it in the cinema. Okay, though, okay. I will try. Yeah, I will try. Do. See it in the cinema. Yeah, don't like, watch I'm it kind of folks. like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm currently um, I am currently like planning my afternoon here, and it's like I've got nothing post. You know, like I'll go to the gym after this, and then two o'clock is like eh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, Boy and the Heron is out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Definitely, the rest of the people in the audience. Um, we're only going to see it because of Emma Stone. They did yeah. not know what they were in for. Like they that were, is funny, isn't it? They were so uncomfortable. There was a couple of walkouts actually. There was there was four or six people I noticed walking out. Two of them walked out after about forty minutes, maybe, and then two walked out before the end. They'd been there for most of it, and they like I'm surprised that they they walked out after the seeing end. that much of it that they gave up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, a lot of people, like there's a lot of um, explicit sex scenes for Hollywood, let's say. Okay, um, okay, before we walk that. into that yeah, then, just because I am, as I get older, a, um, uh, I'm getting more and more uh, uh, becoming a sensitive little bitch. Uh, are any of them exploitative or traumatic? Uh, a bit exploitative, maybe, in a way. Right. I mean, they they like, definitely. I know are, as we but, get into Oscar seasoning, I know you're saying it's it's brilliant, but like I, I, I'm walking a line here because I always want to be like, I always think I'm like. Um, well, it depends what you mean by exploited. I just don't want to. I just don't want to be traumatized. Huh? You won't be traumatized. It's 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 a it's a beautiful film. Okay. Okay. It's, cool. It's great. Okay, I like that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, part of the point is to feel that uncomfortableness in the moment you're watching it so that when things go the way they go 
the payoff is better you know so i'm kind of robbing you of that a bit to tell you it's all going to be okay don't worry because you're supposed to sit mm. uncomfortably going how is this going to play out for the people involved you know yeah, um, yeah. like when we get to oscar season and these movies come out and i know you put no stock in the um the oscar end of things but like we do get to like oscar season and i go it's not trauma great films but i'm probably going to have no. to like like muscle through some stuff and, and discomfort and no. it's it's the eat your vegetables of the of the, the cinema the, season there is there sometimes. is discomfort but it's not um okay, cool. it's not like, oscar baity kind of stuff you know like saltburn is right there and the world is talking about it i'm just like i don't want to watch misery have you both seen saltburn shitty people have you, hmm? have you no. both seen saltburn i haven't seen it have you yes brian have you no not yet do you want to, or are you just kind of like annoyed by the buzz, or? No, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, okay, I will watch it. Prom- when Prom- I was Young is queuing better. for, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. Promising Young Woman is better. Like, like I thought, Promising Young okay. Woman was excellent. Like, really, really good, brilliant. Saltburn is very good, but I also kind of think like some of the hype about it it's just like like there's there's way worse things on tv shows and other movies and all that kind of stuff like it's 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 a movie full of weird and eccentric people and it's like it's gross and there's gross elements to the movie and all that kind of stuff but like there's been equally weird and gross stuff in movies forever silence of the lambs someone true semen at jodie foster yeah that was horrendous. Grim. That's that's that was horrendous. I remember seeing it as a child and not fully understanding what was going on. And that was horrendous. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get what that was when I saw it, but that's like again that film came out in 93, 94. Yeah. Ninety one, I think. Ninety one. So I was I easily so, yeah. nine years old watching that movie. <laughs> and Denzel Washington is good. Like I'm assuming I saw it a few years after it came out. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Jesus Christ, I'd imagine we all did. But uh, but I would have seen it when it was on RTE, which probably would have been like two years after. That was definitely out. on TV. Where, yeah, that was definitely on TV when we were in primary school. Oh, dude, I, I watched it in primary school. Being in primary school and people talking yeah, about it. And I was too. just like, what are they talking about? I, I had no hmm. concept of what the film was. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it until years later. Yeah. But everybody in my class had seen yeah. it. I was like, what yeah, the fuck It's interesting, isn't it? About? It's so funny the way yeah. we're... Different things. We're just like... But uh, I was kids. Kids have seen shit. There's always some laissez-faire parents that well, show some kid, and then that kid tells everybody, "I've got to see this." I definitely like kind of. I've I watch things where I would say, in hindsight, I was potentially too young to watch it, right? But on the flip side of it, I also don't understand how how I had toys of those things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How do you mean? There, there, there was toys for Alien, yes. Robocop, and Rambo. Robocop, Rambo, yeah. Yeah. Alien, Predator. Alien. Like why did I have to, Robocop I kind of understand That's because, because, eight, that's because 18 year olds are kids Yeah 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 But like dude Like you know This is true But I watched But I was saying like I we, watched those You kind of would have seen those Pardon? Go on Kev I, I was just going to say like I watched those things I watched Terminator Enough to kind of Have a, have a memory Of me walking around Primary school Like as a Well Terminator 2 wasn't the first one was 18s. The second one was... I watched definitely... I'm talking about the... I'm talking about the... The knife was through like the PG face? Or 15s. 
I'm talking about the, 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 what, what did you say the second one was Brian uh, possibly it was PG but it was 15s definitely um, it, yeah I don't think the 12s rating existed at yeah. the time but it went from being an 18s to a I guess it had to be a 15s because I don't think there was a 12 certificate and I can't imagine it was PG yeah. no. but um, it, it there was a huge drop in the They're from eight and yeah, kind for of the first violence and tone and stuff. But that yeah. was just mad because Team 1000 was pretty violent. But I do remember the first one. It's like vividly when I was younger, you know, uh, there's particular scenes I would remember. And I like, and I'm talking about like maybe I was in like second or third class, whatever age I was then. I think probably a little bit older, maybe four class, but uh, but still like very young to be watching those things. But I'm like, we were probably even, and to be honest, we were probably even younger when we had toys of these things. So I don't get it. Mm. Brian, but you, I, I, you were going to say something then, anyways, Brian. Um, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember. What were we talking about? Poor things, salt burn, explicit stuff. Watching semen. Oh yes, that's what. Ejaculate. Yes, that's you're right. Yes. Um, what I was going to say about the uh, Hannibal Lecter, Silence of Lambs. Apparently, Denzel Washington. Has been cast as Sam Hannibal Lecter for a Netflix movie coming out in September or something. What? 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 What, you, what, what story are they even adapting? Uh, you'd have to. You'd have to look at it. Boy, this this year. That's uh, apparently Denzel. Has he ever played a villain? Yeah. Yeah, but tra- training, training day, day wasn't it? Will star as Hannibal Lecter. What story Denzel is this Washington's based casting on? as Hannibal? This is the Guardian uh, as casting as Hannibal in Netflix film sparks race controversy in Tunisia. Okay, well you're really <laughs> what story no. Are they adapting? No, 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 no. A decision to cast black actor Denzel Washington as the ancient Carthaginian general Hannibal. <laughs> this is a different thing. This is a man that, that this is the man that brought the elephants over the fucking Alps into Italy. That's a different that's a different beast there, Kevin. Okay. Different Hannibal. Fair. I read a headline. Yeah. I read a headline. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. It's like how did He's they playing Hannibal Barres. Yeah, that's obviously in, that um, was a kickbait kick, uh, uh, headline if ever there was one, you know what I mean? But uh yeah. He'd be a great uh, Hannibal. No, I had fair. heard, <laughs> I had heard that. Listen, I'd watch the man in in most films. Yeah. Um, he's a great, he's a great actor. Why not? Like the, the fact that you said he'd be playing Hannibal Lecter, I think we were surprised, but we won't, we weren't disappointed. Yeah. Like I'd watch him. I, I was just more surprised that I hadn't heard of the news. Like, like what story mm. would they? They'd either have to write a new Hannibal story because there aren't any, or they'd have to make one that they've already made before so it would be a remake of of something that's already been adapted i was kind of mm. curious that i hadn't heard this yet Fair. yeah um yeah and it's a bit um i don't know i guess i can't picture him doing some of the like the horror stuff of it um but when i went I, to see poor things mm. there hadn't been a cinema in cork in a couple of months in the city. Mm. The cinema's in Cork, but there was none in the city, so I hadn't seen stuff for a while. Right. Um, so when I went to see Poor Things, I was checking out the 
the city center one, which had gotten refurbished. So it was my first time in a while. And I bought my ticket online. Mm-hmm. So I went there just to pick up my ticket. So I'd assume I was going to scan a QR code or something and print off my ticket. But none of the machines for that were working, so I had to queue up. And there was only three people ahead of me in the queue. And there was only two people serving customers, and they were giving them tickets and snacks, which is very inefficient. And one of the guys working, there was a man and a woman working, the guy working, young enough guy, maybe late teens, early 20s, and he was serving right. three girls who seemed a couple of years younger than him. And he was just gabbing with them, just chatting. And meanwhile, the woman was serving like the other two groups that were ahead of me. And I was just like, this is fucking taking forever. This guy's finished serving these girls and he's still talking to them. And at one point, they had their phones out and they were like, I don't know what they were looking at, each other's Spotify or Snapchat or something. But I was just like, this is too much. He's starting to piss me off. He's still talking to these people. Mm. Like, they're done. They've got their snacks. They've got their tickets. I just want to fucking collect my ticket and go watch the film. And I was getting really, really pissed off. I was fuming because I was in the queue for at least 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes by the time I got out of the queue. I wasn't happy. And at one point, the girls even said to the guy, or are we not holding up the queue? And he was like, oh, there's other people working. Don't worry about the other people yeah. queuing. And I was just like, are you fucking serious? I was raging. So by the time I got up to the counter, he was still talking to the girls. It was the woman who served me. So she had served mm. two other groups of people while he was still dealing with one group. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So I got up to the counter. I wasn't rude, but I didn't say a word. She was like, hey, how are you? And I just showed him a QR code. Like I didn't, I didn't say a word. Showed the QR code. She printed off a ticket and she was like, "Thank you." And I said, "Thank you." And I went back up. I went upstairs to watch the film, and I almost left because it was five minutes into it, and I was still so mad about having to wait because I'd already got my ticket. I just wanted to collect it and go watch. And then instead, I was queuing for it was at least ten minutes, maybe close to fifteen. I was raging. It took me a while to relax and settle into the film. That is nonsense. That is the fucking. But then when I came downstairs, when it was over. Um, the staff were there and the guy who didn't serve me because he was busy talking to the girls he came up and he gave me a voucher and he was like uh, this is to apologize for the wait it's a it's a ticket for one film for you and another person so uh, that's to apologize for the wait and I was like okay that's 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 good. very very reasonable like yeah. that there was a so conversation somebody, somebody noticed yeah. it somebody I think yeah I think probably the woman who served me probably said to him or maybe there was a manager behind the scenes who was kind of watching everybody kind of on the tills and stuff but Mm -hmm. somebody noticed anyway now like i said i wasn't rude um i still said thanks and everything you know i wasn't yeah i didn't say a word i didn't just weren't overly friendly but i was yeah um but i thought that was pretty no look look like like Um, credit where credit is that should be the bare minimum yeah yeah but but like look you got like man like how many times have has suffered that happened and it's just never get you know it happens nothing gets there's a there's a cafe that I, like, I still go to regular enough, but used to go to all the time, and there was two baristas working there. You were there with me, Aiden. Like, they, they knew me pretty well. They gave me free coffees and stuff sometimes. So, like, you know, it made sense for me to go there when they, they kind of knew me and stuff. And they were very friendly, and they were very good at their job and stuff. And they've both left. And since then, just the people that they have working there are fucking terrible. I've walked out a couple of times. And the thing is, I don't mind, I don't mind waiting. 
but I've been in the queue and nobody's even acknowledged me. And there's been a couple of times I've been the only person I've been standing at the till, just waiting to place an order, and one person's on the till, one person's on the, the espresso machine making the coffees. No one says a word to me. Don't even acknowledge that they've seen me. I know they're busy. I know they like I know yeah. stuff like coffees, especially if you're doing like lattes and mochas and hot chocolates, they take a while. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're making more than one at a time. I don't mind waiting, but it's the fact that I'm standing there and no one has said to me, I'll be with you in a second or sorry, I just gotta do this or one second there. Mm. Not a word. And like the amount of times one time there was somebody at the till and your woman was at the espresso machine and nobody said a word and then the one at the till walked out and got a dustpan and brush and started cleaning it's like oh maybe somebody told her to clean that stuff first fair enough she comes back to the till I was like I was kind of looking at her and I was about I was like fully expecting her to say sorry about that and I was like I had it ready I'd loaded to be like ah you're fine she picks up her phone and walks back out I was just like what the fuck is going on and the amount of times I've walked out of there five or six times now because I'm just kind of standing there and no one no one even says hey how are you or bewitching a second or something and you're just like Jesus Christ somebody just acknowledge that I'd, I'll, I'll wait another 20 minutes for my coffee if someone says I'll bewitch you in a second but it's the fact you walk in and no one honest, says a word and you're just standing to be honest, there that's every yeah. that, that's every cafe I, now man like I, I, I the cafe I think cafe is the most poorly laid out and poorly uh the flow of customers oh. in cafes is terrible. Why have they got it so bad? Yeah. Why have they got it so bad? Yeah. The cool hand on the corner here is horrendous. There's nowhere for anybody to stand. People have no common yeah. sense of self awareness, or it is. It's just. It's a or like basically ordering order going to cafes and ordering coffees is a miserable experience. Thank God, Emer only wants Americanos, and I don't really drink coffee. I don't drink coffee or anything like that. But it's just like. A, it's like it's like it's like it's the same going to a, a fancy cocktail bar where the lads are doing all the tricks and blah blah blah. And it's just like there's people ordering multiple cocktails. I just want like my beer or like you know it's like fucking save that shit for another night. You know what I mean? But it's just like it's like a cocktail bar. It's too much. But the thing is, like even like even if somebody's making a bunch of cocktails and you just want a pint. If they were just to say to you, sorry, man, I just got to do these, you'd be like, yeah, no oh, of course, of like, course, you know. They're fine, yeah. But, yeah, um, but it's... But the ca- ca- cafe... Like the, there's a, I hate them. There's a guy, he's after, he's opened a cafe in a converted shipping container just down the road. Yes. Um, it's like three minutes from the house. And he really knows his stuff and got a drive-through kind of set up and it's great in there. And it's just him mostly by himself. Uh, he's, I think he's like got a couple of his friends to kind of help out but it's basically it's sam's coffee and it's just it's just sam most of the time he's got one other person helping him out but uh he took a break just since christmas so it's been closed well not closed for two weeks it's kind of on reduced hours but it'll be back to normal on monday but it's just i've gotten so used to it <laughs> i've had to like go to other places and this is like i've just been spoiled with it basically since for the last couple of months because <laughs> Just got this really nice setup, and it's three minutes from the house, and it's this really good coffee. Sound guy working there. The flow and the layout it all works, and it hasn't been kind of up and running with the usual hours for the last couple of weeks. I'm like itching for it to. Get it's back cold. To I wouldn't blame him for not wanting to sit in the container for hours and end. You know. Well, he's on holiday. He's oh. in. I don't know. Camera where he's right in. Um, I went to see the boy in the heron as well. Oh, how is it? It's amazing. Yeah, fuck. I loved it. Okay. Um, 
I thought I was going to see the subtitled version. It was dubbed. I wasn't thrilled about that. But I did get to hear then Robert Pattinson's um, Heron, which was crazy. Uh, you would not guess it was yeah. him. I would have guessed it was Willem Dafoe because Willem Dafoe's in the film as well. I've heard that, uh, like, it's, I yeah, heard, like, it's I wild. saw, like, a TikTok meme or something. It was just, like, uh, like you know, American actors or, you know, uh, Western actors getting roles in Studio Ghibli's and it's just, like, doing their own voice, you know, and it's, like, Liam Neeson, Billy Crystal, whoever, and then it's just, like, yeah. uh, and then it's, like, Robert Harrison getting a role in the Studio Ghibli movie and it's, like, Ghibli! <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's wild yeah, it's hilarious uh, because i they they initially weren't marketing the film at all so i just kind of went into it knowing absolutely nothing about it uh, so i hadn't heard anything knew nothing about it i just knew it was miyazaki's latest so i was going to go see it um so i had no idea i i thought i was going to see the subbed version anyway so um it was kind of wild but a uh, gorgeous film cool not a whole lot to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's loads to say, but I would just say just go see it. Okay, okay. I am. I, I would um, love to see it. <gasps> do uh, like he had retired and then he came back. I still hope he makes more. I think he will make more if he's mm. alive. He will. I think this thing was like seven years in the making between like production and writing and all that kind of stuff, not just straight animating. And he's eighty something now. I think is he? All right. Okay. Yeah, I think he's 80 something so I hope I hope he does one more. like th- this is a perfect if this is his last film it's perfect because it, it, it's him it's him definitely kind of it's about a lot of it is about his own childhood and then the rest of it is kind of about probably him facing up to his mortality you know um, so it's it, it's a perfect final film if it ends up being a final film but at the same time, I just want to see him do more. I hope he has. I hope he has one more at least. Um, but it's just wonderful. It's just. It's just. It's fantastic. I, I won't say too much because, like I said, when they initially marketed it, all they were saying was, you know, Miyazaki's latest, and they weren't even talking a whole lot about the plot. Um, I will just say it's. It's just a kind of about. Um, a lot of it is stuff that happened in his own childhood. A lot of it is biographical a lot of the events in it so death of a mother witnessing hospital burn down um moving to the countryside his father being kind of involved in kind of industrial kind mm. of factory stuff um just those kind of stories and then stories he read as a child and then the rest of it has to do with probably him thinking about his legacy and mortality and it's it's beautiful i loved it Go see it. Okay, I would I would go see Poor Things and The Boy and the Heron back to back if you can. Wow, if you really? That option? Yeah. Why not? Do there you mean a lot of just because they're them. good films to see, or is there um, theme? Oh, there's crossover? definitely definitely a theme crossover for sure. Yeah, interesting. For sure. Okay, let me see. Can I do that? Uh, I um, <laughs> I. I Let's see if the infrastructure around me is significant enough to allow that, or, or uh, I think it probably uh, will robust enough to allow that to happen. Um, you could probably do it in the lighthouse, I'd imagine. The, the end we start from. Uh, well, that's not out. Oh, it is out. Okay. Um, the boys in the boat. What's that? George Clooney. There's things in the cinema Forget I've never Clooney. heard of. 
Forget Clooney. Four things, two o'clock. Boy and the Heron, 5.35. Do it. Dubbed. I mean, the dub is fine. The, mm. the dub is good. It was just, I, I, I just, the, the listing specifically said subtitled. Mm. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll get to see it subtitled first. And I was probably going to see it twice anyway. So, yeah, go see it. Interesting. All right, let's see what I can do. Let's see what I can do. Let's end it there, and let's see if I can get a, a, a movie double bill for my afternoon. Awesome. Awesome.